Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Mark 13. Now, I know for a fact that most of you listening to this podcast are doing so from somewhere in the United States of America. Shout out to our international listeners, but you are a small, small minority of people listening to this podcast. Most of you are living in 21st century America. And so that, I think, should affect what we need to hear from Mark 13 today. Because there are some things about the experience of being one just a human being, but also a Christian in our time, in our culture, that we need to be careful that we don't settle into certain patterns of thinking. Because what we're going to see today is Jesus teaching on the future. And some of the things that he says clearly, I think, uh, go to the end times and even this period of tribulation or the great tribulation, but some of what he says is clearly meant to guide all Christians in between his first coming and second coming. And those are things we need to hear. Let's dig into Mark 13 together. Uh, This is similar to Matthew 24, which we went through, but they come out of the temple and one of the disciples says to him, look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And here Jesus prophesies about the destruction of Jerusalem that we know historically happened in the year 70 AD. And his words were fulfilled. And if you ask a question, well, what about like the, the, the wailing wall that they call it or the Western wall? Isn't that stones that aren't left together? Well, you need to understand that's like a retaining wall. That was not even a part of the, the buildings of the temple. They weren't pointing at the retaining wall. They were pointing at these magnificent buildings. They have all been torn down. And you can even today see where some of those stones were thrown down from the temple mount and even the destruction they caused down below. These words were fulfilled. And then they go out to the Mount of Olives and Peter, James, and John, and Andrew ask him, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? So that gets them thinking about the future. And again, you see, we'll see this in Acts 1, the disciples are adjusting from having a mindset of Christ is going to usher in the kingdom right now. Or even if they're grasping that he will suffer and die and then rise, okay, well, once he's risen, then won't the, the kingdom uh, with Christ reigning as king take effect? And Jesus is saying that that's not how it's going to work. And so if, if he's prophesying a future destruction of Jerusalem, they're, they're wondering. And then Jesus says this, see that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginnings of the birth pangs. Be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils and 
you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father, his child, and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And so as you consider those words, I think Jesus says a lot clearly about what is going to transpire between his first coming and his second coming. And a couple of the things he highlights are problems in the world, whether that's wars, natural disasters, and another problem is persecution. And he makes clear that this is what's going to go on. And even he's not getting eschatological in all of these things. He's saying these things are happening, but it's not the end yet. And that is what kind of brings me back to my concern about even as I was reading and praying through this passage, thinking about my own life in 21st century America. When we think of wars and rumors of wars, well, for most Americans, unless uh, I know some of you probably listening, you have served in the military in war overseas. But for most Americans who have not been a part of the military, basically all you've had in your life is rumors of wars. Because even when you look at the last century and a half of American history, the wars that have been fought were other places primarily. And so we have lived in an era really of unprecedented peace and prosperity in the world. And then another thing, he talks about persecution. Now, let's be clear. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. If you are seeking to honor Jesus, expect in 21st century America, you will experience pushback. But here's where I think we just need to be honest. The, the level of persecution in the United States of America, really throughout its history, has not been uh, what it has been in other places around the world or throughout history. And, and so here's the concern I have as we read this, that we uh, would miss some of the force of this. And, and even that we need to consider our expectations and, and that when we hear of wars and rumors of wars, that's not something we're always used to, but we need to hear Jesus's words when he says, do not be alarmed. Uh, We don't need to be alarmed. And if we see uh, things like natural disasters or wars more directly affecting your life, prepare for that. And if that happens, you shouldn't freak out. You should say, you know what? This is exactly the kind of stuff that Jesus said would happen between his first and his second comings. And then he does go on to describe more of the events around the second coming. He speaks of the abomination of desolation. And I think piecing together what we see here, what we see in Daniel, even some of what is mentioned in Second uh, Thessalonians 2 or in Revelation, uh, we see there is this figure coming, a man of lawlessness, sometimes referred to as the Antichrist. And there is clearly something that he is going to do that will be unmistakable. And it talks about him really even 
even setting himself up in the temple, in God's house, and the abomination of desolation. It takes us back to some things in the book of Daniel where he will set himself up in the temple and he will desecrate the temple. And then we see that there's going to be this period where it describes in verse 19, for in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of creation that God created until now and never will be. And so when you, again, put together all the biblical information, we see that there is this coming period of seven years, often referred to as the tribulation, but often even the second half of that, uh, 42 months, even as it says in uh, Revelation, is known as the great tribulation. And Jesus makes clear, you don't have to worry about missing uh, the second coming of Christ because it will be unmistakable. And even when the Antichrist is doing his thing, that will be clear. You will know that uh, when you see it. And then he talks about the coming of the Son of Man and the signs that will accompany it. And I do think some of the imperatives in this section are geared towards those that will be alive at that time, which is clearly not all Christians uh, throughout all of the history of the church, because many have already died and clearly did not see this. But then at the end of the chapter, Jesus does come back to giving imperatives. And I think that's a helpful thing. When you want to know what's the point of a passage of scripture, one of the things to look out for are the imperative verbs. And it comes back at the end saying, concerning that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. And then look at these imperatives. Be on guard. Keep awake for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. So there's this command. There's this urgency. Stay awake. Be on guard. Keep alert. And that's where I think, especially as 21st century Americans, we need to hear that because I think even the, just the peace that we have experienced uh, of a nation that has not been as intimately involved in warfare and violence as most people and most cultures have throughout history, we need to make sure that we're not lulled to sleep and that at the end of the day, we're not just craving this nice, comfortable 21st century American life. And even we're reminded, what's what's the purpose? Why hasn't Jesus come back yet? This chapter reminds us of that in 1 Peter 3. He, Jesus is waiting for more people to get saved. And until he comes back, the church has a job to do, and it is making disciples. What dominates your life more? Having a nice, comfortable, successful life or being busy about the work of the Great Commission. Now, again, not everyone is going to be in full-time ministry, but still, what is the mindset with which you live? And the Bible is clear. The deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world can choke out the fruit that we should bear in the Christian life. Where is your focus? Are you getting lulled to sleep by the things of this world? Or are you vigilant knowing Jesus is coming soon? I don't know when he's coming, but he makes it clear. I need to be ready. And again, there's several factors in that. I think being committed to the work he has given us, that's even that illustration there. We're we're servants. We, We are meant to do the work. Also, I think there's a lot about just even our, our holiness in that. You think of a passage like Romans 13, tying staying awake to not starting to give in to the desires of the flesh. 
Uh, So there are some warnings we need to hear from Mark 13, and we do long as the New Testament makes clear for the return of Christ. The cry of our hearts should be Maranatha, come quickly, Lord. But in the meantime, we are called to stay awake and there could be crazy things that happen in the world. Well, that shouldn't alarm us, even if some of those hit closer to home than they have over the last century and a half of history. We should not be alarmed. We should be ready to stay faithful. And another thing that is praised in this chapter, Jesus says, it is the one who endures to the end who will be saved. We want to keep our eyes on Jesus. And no matter what happens with problems in the world or with persecution, our our focus is set on him. And we know through the Holy Spirit, we will endure and, and we want to keep awake and stay alert to that effect. So let's not miss some of these imperative warnings from Mark 13. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.